some mothers who are not lucky, they, they don't have milk. Completely, they don't have milk. Let me introduce you to the woman who knows everything, everything in the world. Not there. there are some mothers who have milk for the first three months, even two, even one month, and then it disappears. In my world, at least. But it is very important for a mother, if you are breastfeeding, please, it is good to start your baby solid food at six months. My dear mother. And today, we talk breastfeeding. I'm Evelyn Wamboi, and this is a Human Interest Podcast. The Human Interest Podcast is a weekly podcast where we get to hear stories about people, why they do what they do, and about life, successes, losses, challenges, and lessons. If it helps to restore a bit of confidence... My mother is also a clinical officer who worked in the public health sector for 31 years before she retired four years ago. So when my children look funny, feel funny, or even smell funny, she's the woman I call. She's my two-in-one, our doctor mom. Mm. We just made a random visit home and she's getting us some vegetables from her farm. Here she is, telling me the nutritional and medicinal importance of indigenous African leafy vegetables in the healthy lifestyle journey. Mm. She says these indigenous vegetables help prevent cancer because they're natural vegetables with little or no chemicals added to them. Nothing documented as fact, but it's something she strongly believes. This is Managu, she's telling me. I google Managu for its English name and find African nightshade or black nightshade or narrow-leaved nightshade. And this is Terere, she continues. That's Amaranth. And then there's Saget, she says. Saget, thanks to Google, is also known as spider flower. I'm not entirely sure of the accuracy, but I've cross-checked a few times with different sites. It was a hot Sunday afternoon, and it didn't help that I hadn't carried my recorder and microphone with me that day, so I had to record with my phone and subject my mom to a hot, rolled-up car parked under a blazing sun so I could get at least okay sound. Here's my mom catching her breath. It's hot. It's hot, Also, and most journalists can relate to this, my mother was doing just fine narrating, until I told her I was recording. Uh, first of all, uh-huh. uh, I think it is good for mothers to know the... Mommy has a good and I could record. Here she is. 
after settling into the short interview. Breastfeeding is very important to a to a baby, uh, especially for the first six months. Why do we say it is important? Because it has all the immunity which a mother has, and the, it is the immunity which the baby is supposed to get so that the baby can grow without any infections. Breastfeeding is the one which makes mothers to bond with, with their baby. For the mother, you reduce the chances of uh, getting breast cancer. For the baby, you give the baby the antibodies which the baby needs for the first six months. What would you say for those mothers who don't have any milk? What could be the reason why they don't have milk? Some mothers who are not lucky, they, they don't have milk. Completely they don't have milk. Not of their milk, but they just lack milk. Even if they eat well, the milk is not there. There are some mothers who have milk for the first three months, even two, even one month, and then it disappears. But for the mothers, most of the mothers, they get the psychological uh, effects. Like maybe a mother was not expecting a baby at that age. Or maybe the mother was expecting the baby, but somewhere on the way, the, the friend or the husband decided not to marry this mama. Or there is stress in the family. Maybe there's a problem, yeah? Maybe there's a problem in place of work, such things. So when you are not psychologically settled, the milk will also disappear automatically. So that is why we advise mothers, you must prepare for your baby. And you prepare both psychologically and mentally. Once you are prepared and you get your baby, the milk is there automatically. But once you get just a stress kidoko, the milk just disappears. So mm -hmm. I will urge mothers to prepare. Nobody wants to have problems, but it is also good to prepare. And if it comes maybe by mistake, although we say babies don't come by mistake because you know what you are doing, please just go for psychological counseling, prepare yourself so that that baby can get that milk because it is very important. Before I remember the 80s, we had some uh, officers who were called field educators. And every morning they used to educate expectant mothers on how to take care of their breasts before they get a delivery. Uh, they used to tell them how to prepare their nipples, how to express milk, how to hold the baby before even you get... Uh, you, you have, you have. These days there is no that education. And so be I will, uh, like I will request those people who are still in the field to be educating these mothers on how to prepare the breasts before they, 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 they deliver. I had an ugly time breastfeeding my first baby. I even wrote a frustrating article in a blog my friends and I had when we first became mothers. The blog is called The Motherhood Marathon. You can look it up when you have a minute. I read it back and thought, wow, this was frustrating. Here's part of the frustrating blog post. It starts like this. How is it that no one told me about the horrors of breastfeeding? No one. No one at all? How could it surpass the numerous conversations I had with predisposed women and Google searches? 
How is it that I stumbled across and was told about the horrors of everything else but that? I feel cheated that no one prepared me for the pain I was to feel every time my little one latched on my breast, that the sore nipples and crocks that formed barely a week after my little one was born would be a problem only to me, and my little one would forcefully tug at my nipples for as long as they produced her daily feed. My dear mother would only tell me that the cracks, even if bleeding, wouldn't cause any harm to the baby and she could continue breastfeeding. And since she didn't dwell much on the unbearable pain I would go through, I took it to mean that I'm now a mother and had to take the pain. She would later assert that notion by telling me not to scream or twitch when my little one latches on as it would scare her and altogether discourage her from breastfeeding. So there I was shedding tears but not crying, silently screaming but openly smiling, and counting the seconds until my little one would be done. Maybe it was just me, I thought. I have, after all, never heard of any other mother say how painful an experience breastfeeding was for them. All I remembered, as I dreaded the moments between one breastfeeding session to the next, were the stories of how breastfeeding was the best time for mothers to bond with their little ones. How it was a time for them to look into each other's eyes and connect. How was I unable to do that? Wasn't I ready for this? Now I'm this scared mother who wouldn't look into her little one's eyes lest she sees the pain, the fear and the anger in them. Is it easier with the second one? Most definitely. In my case, and let me move to stress that this is usually a case-by-case basis. In my case, I was a bit stressed with my first baby. I had prepared everything to a T. I knew the exact day and time I'd get my baby, the outfit she'd go home with. But I didn't prepare myself for cracked nipples and the resulting pain and confusion. And when I'm not prepared, I'm a mess. So I understand my mom there. My second born was easier, no stress, and as a result, I had more milk. I also think the fact that I used an electric pump with my second compared to a manual one with my first helped increase supply. Plus, I consumed a lot of water and hot beverages. Most importantly though, and my mom stressed this a lot, peace of mind is the key to opening up the milk ducts. So why are we talking breastfeeding? We've recently just celebrated World Breastfeeding Week, which is an annual celebration held every year from the 1st to the 2nd of August in more than 120 countries and is organized by the World Alliance for Breastfeeding Action, WHO and UNICEF. And its goal is to promote exclusive breastfeeding for the first six months of life, which they say yields tremendous health benefits, provides critical nutrients, protection from deadly diseases such as pneumonia, and fostering growth and development. Then the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services said, a week is not enough. How about you talk about breastfeeding for the entire month? So August officially became the National Breastfeeding Awareness Month. The breastfeeding campaign funded by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services hopes to empower women to commit to breastfeeding by highlighting new research showing that babies who are exclusively breastfed for six months are less likely to develop ear infections, diarrhea, and respiratory illnesses, and may be less likely to develop childhood obesity. 
So let's talk about breastfeeding. When you go for baby showers, let's not just play games. Let's also discuss challenges and exchange best practices. I said in my blog that I had never heard of cracked nipples and the nightmare that is breastfeeding until I experienced it myself. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about how we're increasing milk production, what's working, what's not, and be each other's champions so we can breastfeed our babies as long as we can. Yeah? I breastfed my first baby for two and a half years and only stopped because I fell pregnant with my second. We were willing to go longer. I hope to say the same for my second born, though they don't look as optimistic. So I'm on the lookout for advice. Yeah. My mother said this as well, but I'll say it again. If you have tried and tried and tried and you still cannot sustain your baby on breast milk alone, you can use formula, take a deep breath, regroup, and after a few weeks or months, try again. I actually know of someone who started breastfeeding again after three months, so it can be done. If you want to keep your ship, Jim is there. He'll go, Jim, come back to your ship. But for the sake of your baby, please breastfeed your mother and make, I mean your baby, and make sure that antenatally you feed and you feed very well. Food which will give you milk and food will, which will make you also be strong. I tell you, life doesn't come with a manual. It comes with the mother. You've been listening to the Human Interest Podcast with Evelyn Wambui. I'm available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, so please head over there and enjoy. You can also review the podcast on these apps and help others find and enjoy this podcast. See you next week.